0: Welcome back to Become a Calm Mama. I'm your host, I'm Darlene Childress. And today we're going to talk about the developmental stages of childhood, all the way from birth through adolescence, from zero to 18, 19 years old. And what I'm thinking is that you're probably going to want to bookmark this episode and put it somewhere where you're like, able to access it for years and years to come, especially if you have young kids, because I am going to walk you through all of the developmental stages of your child's life, which is pretty amazing. And this is going to help you really understand sort of what's normal at uh, at a certain developmental stage or age and how you can support your child's development. The work that I'm going to share with you is based on Eric Erickson's work. He did a lot of research in the late 50s and early 60s on psychosocial development. So the way that our brain, our psychology develops within the community. So what Erickson was interested in is how social interaction and relationships, like our communities, how those played a, re- a role in the development of of us as humans. And I'm going to take those philosophies and those concepts that he, he shares, and I'm going to help you understand, you know, what, what's normal at this age, what kids are struggling with and how you can support them. So let's just get right into it. Yeah. I'm going to start with first, like infancy and early toddlerhood. And That's really the age of like zero, like birth through 18 months, like through one and a half. And in that period of time, what the child is trying to figure out, like the question that they're working to understand is, can I trust the people around me? So right away when someone is born, that's what they are figuring out is this safe? Am I safe? Are the people around me safe? Can I trust them? And the way that the child determines whether they can trust the people around them is by seeing, do they help me get fed? Do they help me stay warm? Do they soothe me? Do they keep me clean? Do they help me sleep? They're primary environment that a, a little newborn and all the way up until 18 months, the, the primary environment that they're developing this sense of trust is within that primary caregiver relationship. It's not, a, it's not a big, big world that a baby has. They have that relationship with their caregiver, with the people that are in their home, and they're working to figure out, am I safe? Can I trust the people around me? Now, uh, how we see them struggle is, uh, you know, with with self-soothing, right? They have, they ha- they're they hungry, they cry. They're um, uncomfortable, they cry. They're tired, they cry, right? They have a lot of what we, we would, I guess we would think about as meltdowns. But, you know, it's funny because we think that it's normal, of course, for a baby to cry, but then a two and a half year old cries and we're like, they're having a meltdown. But essentially the child, it needs a lot of support. It's needy. And then it's looking to find out, are my basic needs going to get met? And that is that struggle in early infancy. So how do we support, as the parents, how do we support the development of a newborn through 18 months? It is by meeting those basic needs of feeding, self-soothing, Uh, giving them, helping them sleep, helping them stay warm, helping them stay clean. We're meeting those basic needs in a loving environment. That's our primary job at that stage is answering the question, can I trust the people around me? And us saying, yes, yes, you can. I am trustworthy. I will help you. I am here. You can count on me. And when that happens, the child has a, a secure attachment. They feel safe in the world. Now, from infancy and early toddlerhood, they move into that late toddlerhood and preschool stage, that 18 months to three years old. The primary question at that age is not, can I trust the people around me? It's almost, can I do things myself? Can I trust myself to do things? It's not really around trust. It's just capability. Like, can I do this? Can I do things by myself? That is what they want and where they are figuring that out is in their home. That's where, you know, from 18 months to three years old, they're in their home mostly and they're uh, trying to understand, can I do things myself? Mostly for that age, they're trying to figure out if they have the ability to take care of their body. So they want, their goal is not to develop a sense of trust in their caregivers like early infancy. Their goal is to develop a sense of control over their body. So they're really working on figuring out their body and how, and they want to have some control over it, some autonomy. So, what does that look like? Primarily, they develop control over their body through the learning of toileting, toilet training, by going pee and poo on the potty. Right? That's such a big, huge part of this age of 18 months to three years old is learning how my body works and how to, you know, when I have to go pee pee and then running to the potty and going potty. That That is the major area of of where they are learning how to do things themselves, how to go potty by themselves, wipe themselves, all of that. The other areas that they are wanting to have more control over their body is what clothes they wear. That's why you see, you know, young kids wanting to wear like cuckoo clothes to school or preschool or, you know, out to Target or wherever. And they want that power over their body. They want power over their, what they eat. They start to get a little picky, right? Because they want to pick things. That's all that picky is, is I want to pick things for myself. I want to choose. And as a as a parent, it is really hard for us because it looks like they're refusing to listen to us or refusing to, you know, be easy. It's like the whole, I want the blue cup, the blue cup, where's the blue cup, or give me the pink thing, or I don't like this anymore. I only want this instead. It just seems like they're being difficult, but actually it's very important at that age, that they have that asserting their sense of control over their body, what they eat, what they wear, you know, how they, how they move their bodies. They love to say, I do it myself, right? And they want to buckle themselves in the car seat. So how do you support this? How do you help them answer that question? Can I do things myself? We want them to answer that question with the answer of, yes, I can. Because then that helps them grow and help them grow in their self-confidence and all of those things that they need when they're older. So how do we support that? We let them do some things. We have to slow down at this stage. 18 months to three years old is slow. They move slow. They need to put their socks and shoes on and they need to struggle with their socks. They need to struggle with their shoes. And obviously they can't really tie because they don't have that finger dexterity, but like just getting those little Crocs on or whatever, you know, their slip-on shoes and putting on their underwear and taking a long time after going potty and pick, you know, moving it on and put buckling their little seatbelt in their car seat. Now, of course, you don't always have time to do that, but I want you to think this is normal. They want to have power over their body and we're going to give them chances to show that they can do things themselves. As much as you can. Now, what happens when they move out of, can I do things myself? They get to that three to four, I'm sorry, three to five years old, that preschool stage. And the question that they're asking themselves is, am I good or bad? Which is such a weird, I think kind of a weird question. But they are sort of figuring out, like, am am I Am I a good little boy? Am I a good little girl? It's not because we're telling them that they are or they aren't. They're actually trying to understand whether they are or aren't. And they're sort of experimenting in different environments to figure out, like, am I good or bad? And where that works itself out is in play. So they want to have a sense of power over their environment but they don't want to overpower. So they don't, they're learning, what is the boundary within this environment? What's okay and what's not okay? It's like, you know, people always say, oh, they're, you know, they test a lot at this age and they, parents almost act like it's a bad thing. It's like, no, I want my kids to push up against a boundary and actually go over it and learn, Oop, that doesn't work. How do you learn? By doing it wrong. So, the, this age group, this three to five years old, they're very much around, they're very focused on play and having power over the environment within that play. So, what does that look like? That looks like asserting power over playmates, being bossy, telling people how to act, telling people what to do, telling them how to play, changing the rules and saying that's not how it goes. They want to exert their power. And they're worried. (laughs) It's funny because they're like almost little tyrants, but then they all don't want to be accused of being tyrants because they're sensitive to to being told that they're not being good, quote unquote, being good. Because they're worried about, am I good or bad? It's a funny stage because they act very bossy and powerful and yet they are also very sensitive to our feedback on them. Let me explain why that happens. When you have a little kid, they actually have a lot of trouble separating themselves, their identity, because they don't have one yet. They don't have a sense of self from their behavior. So I noticed recently I was coaching a mom and we were talking about her kid feeling, you know, like mommy doesn't like me. And I've heard this a lot from different clients, especially with three, four, five-year-olds. You don't like me or I don't like you. And it's, or, and the mom will say, well, you know, I don't like when you do that. I don't like when you hit your brother. I don't like when you, um, you know, spit at me. I don't like when you ask me for chicken nuggets and then want a grilled cheese sandwich instead. I don't like that. When you're saying, I don't like that, your kid is thinking, I don't like, they don't like me. It's just a developmental stage. They have no concept of self outside of behavior. They can't separate it. So we don't really need to be evaluating and judging their behavior because they're trying to decide, am I good or bad? We really want them to grow up to get through this stage thinking, I'm, I'm good. I listen. I'm a good listener. I know how to follow directions. I know when to you know, assert my power over the environment and when not to. That's that developmental growth towards being able to be in school and be in a, in a more socialized environment. We're moving them towards that identity of I am a good listener. I am a good kid. I, um, I know how to follow directions. So we want to actually be speaking that identity for them. So how do you support them? Avoid excessive criticism, ridicule, and dismissiveness. When they say, I don't like you, you could just go back to the emotions. Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you frustrated? And not arguing like you, you, you don't like me instead of saying, no, I do like you or I don't like when you behave that way. It's not your, it's, uh, you know, it's not your behavior. It's not you. It's your behavior. You don't have to defend or explain that concept. It's they're too young to understand it. All you have to do is say, are you worried that mommy's mad? at you. Yeah. I love you. And then you reassure them in that moment without trying to moralize their behavior. Is that making some sense? I think so. So obviously in this stage where they need to have power over their environment, we need to make sure that they're safe within that. So we want to give them a lot of choices because this this stage can be really frustrating because they start to exercise more control over like who they play with and whether they want to go to the store and whether they're willing to go jump on the trampoline outside. And like, they're kind of, you know, figuring out how to say yes and how to say no. And they want to choose and they want to have all this power. So we want to be giving them power and choice within the limit. And so an example is, you know, you can either eat your snack in the blue cup or not have snack. You know, if they're, if they're trying to power over with their environment, you can just give that limit within. Some other examples of choice within limits is if they're hitting their sibling, right? You can say, you can play here as long as I don't have to worry about you hitting your sister. Do you want to sit on the couch with me or help me in the kitchen? So they're having some power over their environment but you're still setting that firm limit of like no hitting or say they're in the bathtub. They don't want to get out. You can say, I'm draining the bathtub now, right? I have power over this environment of the bathtub as the, as, the, as the parent and they want to have power too. So I'm draining the bathtub now. Do you want to get out on your own or do you want me to get you out? So they get to choose how they get out, but they're, you're setting that clear communication of the boundary bath time is over you can also just practice giving them choices of like what do you want to play with do you want to play with blank or blank really keeping the choices between two things is helpful like you know what would you like to have for for lunch do you want to have or for snack do you want to have an orange or an apple i want crackers I want cookies. Oh, I know you want cookies. It's okay to want cookies. Right now I'm offering blank or blank. And you don't have to make it a big deal. And like, neither. Okay, no snack, I guess. And move on. So you're allowing that choice and you're letting them sort of understand their environment. And then they have a hungry belly later. And it's like, well, you know, they're they're upset that they didn't get a snack. And it's like, oh, you have a hungry belly? I really hope you're, you know, like dinner's coming. I, I hope you eat a big dinner when, when dinner's served. So we don't have to change the environment for them. We don't have to fix their problems. We're giving them power and choice, and then they're learning how to live within their environments. That's preschoolers, okay? So just a recap, we have infancy. Can I trust the people around me? Late toddler, early preschool, 18 to 3, 18 months to three years old. Can I do things myself? Preschool, am I good or bad? And then we get to school age. That's like five to eleven years. And their primary question is, Am I good at things? Now what do we want them to answer? We want them to answer yes, right? Am I good at things? Yes. Where is that environment that they figure this out? They figure it out mostly at school or in enrichment activities like sports or dance or chess class or any of those kind, you know, religious school, any of those places. So their goal is to develop a sense of competency in learning and doing things. So you have those early years where they're figuring out trust and power over their body, power over their environment. And now they're really kind of internalizing some of it and figuring out, am I good at things? And we want them to say, yes, I am competent. Now, a lot of times we think this is just in school, but if you think about how much little, uh, little kids, I think little kids, but school-agers are learning at that time, like they're learning to read, they're learning to write, they're learning to do math they're maybe learning music. They're learning some sort of, um, sports. They're learning how to play on the playground with more structured rules. You know, like, like there are so many rules. Have you ever noticed that in, on the playground, like handball rules and four square rules and, you know, basketball games that the kids make up. There's a lot of different uh, rules and they're all learning the rules and they're changing the rules. And right. So everyone, uh, the kids, your kids are trying to figure out, am I good at things? And so they're going to struggle with self-doubt. They're going to be struggling with the answer to that question. They're not going to know, am I smart? Am I good at school? Am I capable? And they're going to compare themselves to their peers. They're going to not in like, do, am I liked? That's more about um, later, they care a little bit about what, whether they're liked or not, but mostly they care about whether they're showing that they're competent. This is the first time in, in a child's development where they're actually evaluated, where they get grades, where there are scores, where there are rankings, where there are points. And so they're actually starting to see that there's levels of, of competency, there's levels of achievement, there's levels of success. And then they're trying to figure out, am I meeting those levels? Am I good? Am I competent? Am I good at things? So how do you support your kid? Or Well, first, you're going to see them struggle with comparing themselves and saying, I can't do it and giving up and, you know, not working so hard. And, and that's going to be hard for you to, to witness and you might start making it mean that they're like, you know, not like they're lazy or, you know, they're having a struck, you know, suffering from low self-esteem and, you know, you're going to start worrying like, uh-oh, if they can't, you know, they don't think they're good. What's that going to look like as, as teenagers? And I guess I want you as the parent to see that, that this is normal to have some doubt as you develop competency. So I want you to normalize this in your head and I want you to normalize that your kid is not going to be good at everything. They're not even going to be good at a lot of things. They're not supposed to be good at things yet. They're learning. And what I see with parents is they oftentimes get upset if their kid is not at mastery, isn't the best, isn't like as good as the other kids. And parents start to compare with their peers to figure out if, if my kid is okay. And I'd like you, parents, to adopt a growth mindset for your kids, which actually means letting them be beginners, letting them not be good at things, like normalize not being good at things, knowing they're not going to be good at everything. They're going to start with low skills and move towards higher skills. And let them be bad at stuff. Let them learn. Let them struggle with learning don't make their struggle mean anything except they're learning. That's it. And so when they are failing and they're not doing well and they're not, you know, learning to read or they're not, you know, figuring out their math, you know, they can't figure out their multiplication tables or, you know, the other kids seem to be getting, you know, the, the soccer plays or understanding where to be on the soccer field or, you know, the, the other kids are able to understand dance or better at chess or whatever it is that's going on with your kids. I want you to avoid comparing them to their peers and normalizing their failure and just encouraging them by saying, it's okay. It's normal. You're still learning. You're not supposed to know how to do everything all the time perfectly. I know I don't, (laughs) right? But I also believe that I am good at things and I believe I can learn things. And I'm sure you do too. And that's what we want your kids to take away with themselves. So if you think about those different stages, I trust people. I do things by myself. I am good. I am good at things. These are the ways that we build self-concept is allowing our kids to struggle with these questions and getting to that answer of yes. Now we get to the middle school and high school developmental stage, 12 to 19 years and this primary question is, who am I? So it's not an answer of yes or no. Can I trust people? Yes, no. Am I good at things? Yes, no. You know, am I good, bad? You know, am I good? Yes, no. This is who am I? It's open-ended. And your child, your teen, then begins to develop, Where do? where is that environment where they answer this question, they answer this question within their social group, within their social relationships. And the goal of this period of time is to answer that question, to develop a sense of self and personal identity. So what does that even mean? What's identity? Identity is, it's a complex concept because it includes my beliefs, my ideals, my values, All the things that I I care about and that are important to me and the way I identify my values myself and and then from that I go and I behave a certain way. So my identity is a lot about my thoughts, about myself, about the world, about how things should work, about what I think is important and then I define myself based on those beliefs. We develop our identity within a social framework. It's like we define ourselves against certain values or certain ways people are, and then we define ourselves in, in um, not, not opposite of against, like with our like-minded people. So that's part of our identity is individual and social at the same time, and that's why it has to happen within our social environment. That's how identity is is de- defined. So this, the struggle that we see with teens is they're trying to figure out who am I and how, how do I fit or how do I belong within this group? And, and in that process, they are going to be exploring all sorts of different identities. Because I think of it like trying on um, outfits or trying on sweaters. And it's like this one, does. I'm going to try this on for a bit. Oh, I don't really like it it doesn't fit. I don't, you know, like the way it feels. I don't like the way um p- what people think of it, whatever it is. So you're kind of trying on. So your kids at this age are exploring different friends, different activities. Maybe they always played a sport, and now they're do- not wanting to do that sport anymore. And that can be scary. And it's like, well, I'd like to figure out how to define myself as how your child is thinking. And maybe I don't want to be defined as the soccer player or the really smart kid or the or whatever identity that they've kind of come along with. They want to try out a new one. So that might look like different styles, different ways that they dress or represent themselves. You know, you see some kids, you know, exploring with hair, exploring with clothing, exploring with t- different groups of friends. Like, you know, like, who are all these new kids they're hanging out with? I don't know any of them and it's like almost defining myself within the group so that I can find out who I am that's what they're working on they're they're working through defining themselves in relationship to to the group all of us are individuals within a society and when we are our we are we're a, when we are allowed to express our individual self and feel like we belong in society, that's sort of the, the, the cream of the crop, right? Like that's like the pinnacle of feeling good in myself and in the world. And that's what our kids are struggling with in the teen years. It is okay for every stage that your kid is in that they are struggling with that part. We look at the struggle and we make our kids wrong for it. We make our kids as if they're like pathologically, you know, have a, have a problem, like a developmental disorder and development is not a disorder. It's a part of the process. And I think sometimes as parents, there's like legitimate things that we should be concerned about, but if you are seeing your kids struggle with maybe like a crisis of, of identity or, Or when they're in elementary school, like, you know, really thinking they're not good at things and they've kind of, you know, been struggling with that or, you know, little kids thinking I'm bad, you know, nobody likes me, everybody's mad at me. It's like, okay, that's okay for you to worry about at that age. And we're going to help you answer the question, am I good or bad? You're good. (laughs) Like, um, especially when you teach them feelings drive behavior, you're like, you're not your behavior, you're your feelings. That's it. And you get to express your feelings in all sorts of ways. Or am I good at learning? Yeah, you're good at learning. That doesn't mean you're good at everything you do. It means you're good at learning things, starting where you are, working hard, developing skills, overcoming obstacles, and getting to the next level. So in every stage, our kids are struggling, and that's okay. And we're guiding them towards um, a greater self-concept, greater identity. So what, how, does, how do we support our, our adolescents, our 12 to 19-year-olds? I want you to start talking about what they're good at. I want you to talk about their strengths. I've noticed that parents will often spend a lot of time pointing out where areas with their teens that they're not measuring up. And it, it, if they had a negative identity around being able to learn and grow, that they're bringing into adolescence and then you are there lecturing them about all the ways that they're not showing up, it's going to be really hard for them to create a positive self-concept or a positive identity. So we want to talk up their strengths. This is work, parents. I'm not going to lie. Like you have to work hard at figuring out either how to spin something that's annoying to you into a strength or actually looking at what your kids are good at. What I notice is that parents sometimes brag about their children, which is amazing. And notice what you're bragging about with your friends and use those to talk to your kids about what you're noticing, like their strengths. Another thing is to ask questions with your teenagers. Ask questions about their interests. Find out what they're thinking about. What are they watching on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram? Like what kind of thing are they attracted to? What kinds of topics are they exploring? So much of adolescence is spent on just talking about school all the time, like schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork. But if you notice, the environment where they are working out their identity is not school. It's not academics. It's not with their teachers. That's all elementary school and early middle. By middle and high school, it's definitely more about the social self, not the academic self. So if you want to get to know your teenager, Stop talking about school so much and start talking about them. And then letting them try new things, letting them try identities. Also giving them time to spend alone. This is something we get scared about, especially post-pandemic. We worry about social isolation. But developmentally, it's so good for teens to spend time alone because that's when they start to find out who they are. So we want them to be social and like be defining themselves within the group. And also being on their own and being in their room or being, you know, driving around or whatever it is, uh, taking walks, going to the park, you know, and it's like, you're like, are you depressed? You're by yourself all the time. And actually that's part of their job is to be alone and figure out who they are. Other areas that you can do to support your teen is giving them more independence, letting them go to the mall with friends, walking, letting them walk home from school, letting them choose their clothing styles while also giving them more responsibility. So getting up for school, managing their schoolwork, doing some housework, setting up things that they need to be doing in the house with the understanding that they're capable, that they're great, that they can manage it all. Like that's what trust looks like, is believing that our teens are able to find out who they are and decide that they are very capable right? The more capable someone believes they are, the more likely they are willing to take risks, to move um, into better decision-making, all of that. Now, if you have a teenager, I have some teenagers too. (laughs) So I'm in it with you. And I know that raising a teen can be really difficult and really lonely. And I've also noticed that there aren't a lot of resources for parents of teenagers. And that's why I have started this new Emotionally Healthy Teen course. And it's for parents who want to strengthen their relationship with their teen to understand these developmental stages and become their child's emotional coach and their life guide. As we're moving from being the leader of our kid's life to being the guide and letting them take over the leadership of their life. And that's really difficult. And you need some tools. And so in the Emotionally Healthy Teen course, that's what I'm teaching you. I'm learning, teaching you how to cultivate that trust in your teen, how to move away from rules into setting boundaries, moving from control to mutual respect, learning how to handle all the intensity of these years without freaking out, without getting scared, without getting too controlling. So what is it? It's a six-week group parenting course called the emotionally healthy teen course. We're going to meet on Mondays at 4:30 Pacific. So that's 4:30 Pacific, 7:30 Eastern. You can figure out where your time is in there. So Monday afternoon and um, starting April 17th, 2023, we're going to meet through May 22nd. So we're going to meet 6 weeks and I'll walk you through all of these different pieces of the course that I've developed for parents and you know, so that you can like have a good relationship with your teenager and know how to talk to them and know how to have conversations and set boundaries and give responsibility and all of that. And then I'm going to continue meeting with you once a month from, from June through December. So you'll have continued support with me for six months after the six-week class. So the course is $497. And it also includes the Raising Teens guidebook and um, email support from me throughout the six weeks. So I, I highly encourage if you have a teenager to take advantage of this class. I, I'm going to offer it now and then again in, I think it's in September. So if you miss this one or you can't make Mondays, you know, just let me know. and We'll put you on the wait list for the next one. But I, this is a really good period of time to take this class, kind of the end of the school year, getting ready for summer, getting ready for, you know, what, what next school year is going to look like and all of that. So you can get all the details and you can register for the Emotionally Healthy Teen course at my website, uh, which is www, obviously, coaching.com. You'll see it under the programs tab and you'll be able to register right there. So thanks for listening to the podcast. I love it. I always love if you tell me that you listen and, you know, message me on Instagram or, um, uh, you know, in the email or whatever, because it makes me so happy to know that you're out there listening, but I know you are. And just as a little recap, just thinking about you have your little ones. They're trying to figure out if they can trust you. You have your young toddlers and they're trying to figure out, can I do things myself? You have your preschoolers. They're defining themselves. Am I good or am I bad? They do that through play. You have your school-agers, and they're trying to figure out, am I good at things? And they're figuring that out mostly at school. And then you have your teenagers who are thinking, am I? who am I? Also, I think, do I belong? That's another question I think they ask themselves. Am, who am I and do I belong? And they're figuring that out in their social group. So as you look at your kids, I want you to... Th- Just look at them with that compassionate lens and see see, like, oh, this is what they're struggling with. This is what they're defining. How can I speak, you know, truth to them? Do I belong? Yes, you do. Are you capable? Yes, you are. Are you good? Yes, you are. Can you do it yourself? Yes. Can you trust me? Yes. Whatever stage you're in, those are the messages your kids need to hear. All right. I um, hope you found this super helpful And if you want to know more about the developmental stages and all of that, you can just Google Eric Erickson and you will deep dive in the rabbit hole of psychosocial development. All right, everyone. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next time.